Hey, I'm Jonathan Alexander. And I'm Elena Getzenberg. And you're listening to Panther Strikes. Elena, welcome back to North Carolina. Uh, I heard you had an interesting time in Mobile, Alabama, where the Senior Bowl was located. And uh, first of all, tell me about your experience outside of football. Um, I did eat some good shrimp. I feel like I should say that to start. Like, it's no the area is known because it's near the Gulf, so it's like known for shrimp, and those were excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, not the most COVID friendly, but besides that, had a fine time. Good, okay food. The shrimp's je- definitely the highlight. But besides that, nothing too much because it was mostly just about football and making sure I was safe in my hotel room. So yeah. that, that's the report. <laughs> yeah, that I, I was telling Elena earlier. You know, I. I guess I could have guessed that Alabama wasn't the most COVID friendly place when I saw, um, you know, the reaction of Alabama football winning the national championship and everybody celebrating together without any mask. Yeah. I walked into a couple to, you know, you get some takeout food or you want to try and eat in somewhere. And it's a, not the best situation, but hopefully made it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Well, anyway, you, you were there, you saw, uh, a lot of these players who the Panthers, you know, could be picking from uh, in the 2021 draft. You know, the Panthers coaching staff got a chance to coach in it and got a chance to see these guys up close. But the biggest name, perhaps, uh, was Mac Jones, who practiced a few days but uh, had an injury and didn't play in the game. From what you saw, what did you think of Mac Jones? What were his strengths, weaknesses from what you saw? Did he have, did he do good? Do you think he impressed Matt Rule enough? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we I went into the week, you know, Matt Rule had told us um, prior to the senior role that Mac Jones was actually someone who he had tried to get to come to Baylor. Like, <laughs> he'd already liked him. He'd already knew him. So I thought that familiarity was really interesting because – not all NFL coaches know some of these players the way Matt Rule and his staff do because they just tried to recruit them or coach them or, you know, so they have a lot of connections. Um, but with Matt Jones, I thought he didn't have the best first day, so they practiced three times, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Matt Jones um, rolled his left ankle. It was kind of already hurting, but he rolled it during Thursday's practice, and then he decided not to play in the game, which was the smart decision in my opinion. You want to hurt that more, like, just before the draft. One of his qualities that stood out to me that, you know, maybe you don't see on film and that sort of thing is he was, and you're, this is like the corny thing, but he was, no joke, always the first one out on the field, you know, warming up and all that, which I think is his strength. He was always, he was the last one out a couple of the days, you know, working on things with the center or just throwing some passes. Um, and, you know, a lot of the guys talked about him as a leader and thought that he did a good job with, like, rallying and that sort of thing, which is hard to do when you're only around guys for a week. Um, mm-hmm. But so I think that's a strength is, like, kind of his football character, I guess you would describe it as. But I think, you know, he started out a little slow. I think making sure those injuries aren't a consistent thing. He came in with an injury. He left with a new injury. Um, keeping an eye on those. Most draft experts have say, you know, he'll probably be the fourth, no, fifth quarterback off the board behind Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and uh, Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, and the Panthers, um, you know, have an eighth pick, uh, but most of the draft experts, you know, I spoke to say the Panthers shouldn't take him at eight. You know, if they do end up taking him, it'd probably be 
best to trade back, uh, get some more assets, and get him maybe around the twenty around the twenties. Um, yeah. You know, they mentioned he's he can he does a really good job spreading the ball out to mm-hmm. his his receivers. He had a lot of weapons at Alabama. Were there two things that were big knock on him? You know, deep deep ball um, and arm strength was a concern as well as his mobility. Yeah. The mobility was a thing that I had definitely like when I read your story and like other, you know, mobility, I feel like is a big con with him, you know, a negative that he doesn't do as well. I mean, he did one scramble that <laughs> I tweeted out near the goal line that he looked okay. I mean, he's not like the fastest guy for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. He's not going to be like what I saw of him. I'll say like, I don't think he's going to be like someone like you, Deshaun Watson, for example, very timely, or like, you know, quarterbacks like that who they're going to be designed runs. He might not be that guy, but not, I mean, you don't need, you know, there's guys who've been very successful and that's not necessarily one of the things they do. So no, I don't think of him as like a running quarterback, but I think, I mean, he didn't look like he couldn't move. I just think it's it's not definitely not his biggest strength for sure. Um, but I do think I would say adding on to what you said about where he could go, I only think he helped his week, if that makes sense. Like mm. I don't think he did anything this past week to hurt him. It yeah. did, you know, no one I talked to felt that way, or you know, from what I saw, I think if anything he helped, but he didn't do anything that I think made him take a step back. Okay, okay. W- w- were there any other? Uh, standouts there. You know, Panthers have uh, holes at offensive line, uh, three technique, defensive tackle, tight end. Um, were any of those in some other positions, but were any of those interesting? Um, You know, it's hard to tell with offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there were a couple guys. I mean, no one who I'm like, you know, there's there's a guy from Wisconsin Whitewater that, you know, is getting a lot of attention, but I don't know if the Panthers are going to go there. Um. You know, there's a couple guys from Alabama who they coached who I think, you know, I don't know if they had stellar weeks, but I don't know if you're going to see, like, an offensive lineman pop necessarily during Senior Bowl week, if that makes sense. So I don't know if that was there. Um, You know, one person I do, and this is not a position of need at all, but I feel like we should point out is um, Central Florida's Richie Grant. He's a safety, but Matt Rule, like, brought him up unprompted. Um, and you know, safety is not like <laughs> way, way down on the list. They have so many needs, like you just said, but Matt Rule made a point of bringing him up and saying that he would love to coach him, um, and how he was willing to play corner when they needed him to. And you no, know, and corner is a huge need for the Panthers. So, yeah. he, you know, it's not one of those, like the offensive lineman, and, you know, Alex Leatherwood is an offensive lineman who kind of like did okay during the week, but there were high expectations. Um, I just thought, like, if Matt Rule brings him up, <laughs> yeah, there's a good chance maybe they'll look into drafting him. Uh, Matt Rule and Phil Snow really love positionless players, guys who can play multiple positions. Um, they think he can get more out of them, especially with so many needs. You know, Brian Burns did a lot of defensive end and then, you know, play uh, j- drop back in coverage. Jeremy Chen was the ultimate uh, hybrid player, um, playing safety and linebacker. Uh, so, you know, that – I guess I'm not surprised to hear that, really, you know. Um, yeah. You know, they love their positionless players. Yeah. One other player I would bring up before we uh, move on is Trey McKitty out of Georgia. He's a tight end. He was kind of someone who ha- did not catch a lot of passes um, in the Georgia offense. And, you know, we all know the Panthers need yeah. a catching tight end. But he actually had a really good week and made a few, like, really solid catches. One one-handed one that was, like – just like everyone made a noise when he got it. But, 
you know, he looked good and the Panthers coached him and we know it's a need. So he's someone else that stood out to me during the week for sure. Moving on to our next segment, uh, this quarterback situation. I thought it was interesting. We talked to Matt Rule and he was asked his level of confidence in uh, Teddy Bridgewater being the starter in for the 2021 season. And I, I thought it kind of, you know, maybe you don't put much into it, but I thought it did speak volumes that he didn't, you know, exactly, you know, give Teddy Bridgewater a ringing endorsement. He said he'd stick to his comments at the end of the season that Teddy Bridgewater needed to have a great off season. Um, you know, I, I, I think he had this chance, you know, to give Teddy Bridgewater an endorsement or, or in the past, he's definitely defended his players. Um, but maybe I'm making too much of it. What did you you think I think that in Matt Stafford trade is a signal that, you know, the end is near for Teddy. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't I still think there's like I don't know, maybe and maybe that's because I think it's unrealistic that the Panthers actually get Deshaun Watson, and that's kind of my view on it. I think there's a very good chance Teddy Bridgewater is starting for the Panthers week one next year. And that's not saying that, you know, they're not drafting someone or anything like that. I just think Deshaun's going to have a lot of options and we don't even know if Houston's trading him yet. So one thing to keep in mind, but yeah. like you said, I, I think it speaks volumes about their confidence in Teddy Bridgewater for the future. Like the Panthers have had not only Matt rule, like you just point out, he's been asked multiple times, right. Since the season ended to yeah. put his voice and confidence behind Teddy, but Scott Fitter was asked multiple times yeah. <laughs> times to say anything positive about Teddy. And he, did not David Tepper David Tepper as well even before the season ended like sliced up Teddy Bridgewater. Oh my goodness yeah you could argue um and then again when Scott Fitterer was announced as the GM had an opportunity both of them had an opportunity to kind of speak anything positive about Teddy and you know they haven't even said something nice about it you know like yeah. Will has in the past said something nice about him. but you know yeah. what I'm saying like all of these people have had an opportunity to say like yes we can see Teddy Bridgewater as a starter in 2021, which is what they did with Cam last offseason. They said, you know, nice things about him when we asked during the offseason. So I 100% agree with you. I think it speaks a lot to their feelings about Teddy. You don't even need them being involved in the Stafford trade to see the writing on the wall. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's when, not if. And, you know, yeah. at some point they're going to move on. Teddy's not the future. So yeah. it's kind of like when that happens and I don't know do you think it's this off season uh, I mean I think that the, no I, I really think uh that there's a much higher chance also that Teddy Bridgewater will be the starter I think that there is a good chance that they could get Trey Lance in the draft mm -hmm. sit Trey Lance behind Teddy Bridgewater and then eventually Trey Lance will will you know succeed Teddy but I I, I do think that the Deshaun Watson trade is way too hard to make uh, considering what other teams uh, have and and I mentioned this in our in our story on Saturday mm -hmm. in our uh, you know little talk about Deshaun Watson. You all should check that out if you all haven't. But the the Dolphins have two first round picks. Both uh, one of their picks is higher than the Panthers. They have the third pick and the 18th pick, and the Panthers only have the eighth pick. And I think what the Dolphins can offer uh, the Texans um, is is much more than what the Panthers can offer because they also have a young quarterback, second year quarterback who, you know, many think can be really good, even though he didn't have his his best year, but many think could be really good. So if the Dolphins could package those three plus, you know, even a, the 2022 first round and not be hurt um, yeah. and trade Sean Watson, the Panthers would be hurt. Yeah. 
if they traded three first round picks <laughs> and a young defensive piece, they would be hurt. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, I think Teddy Bridgewater, you know, Panthers, are, I mean, they're not that many free agent quarterbacks that Prescott is the only franchise quarterback who will be, who will be a free agent. And I think the dog, the Cowboys will figure out a way to, you know, shore him up. So for that reason, you know, I think Teddy Bridgewater will be likely be the starter week, one, week one. Yeah. I think that's a really good point that you made because listen, one of the things that has to be attractive to the Texans and again, this is if they trade him, which we're, it seems that way, but we don't know 100%. Um, yeah, right. Right? They need, they need someone to start a quarterback. <laughs> like, and I don't think, like, we just talked about Teddy. Why, if the Panthers feel this way, are the Texans going to be like, oh, my gosh, Teddy's going to mean a lot in a trade to us? Like, I just don't think they're going to view him that way. And yeah. Will Greer, P.J. Walker, those guys aren't going to get that. Yeah. I mean, if I'm the Texans, I definitely go with the Dolphins because, you know, Deshaun Watson was sacked a lot. The Texans could get Tua. They could get an offensive tackle, um, the guy from Oregon. Can't remember his name off the top of my head. Somebody to protect him. And whoever, they can get a really good player at 18. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's just – that's I, I don't see how the Texans – um, I don't see what that the Panthers could offer more than what the Dolphins could offer. And I can't see, I can see Deshaun Watson saying, Oh, the Dolphins almost made the playoffs. Um, uh, no income tax in Florida. Uh, you know, they're, they're just a few pieces away. I could, I, I could take it, make them be a playoff team, uh, right away. I can see Deshaun Watson wanting to do that. I can see that being an attractive place for the Texans. Yeah. One other point on this, I think, you know, some Texans reporters, um, John McClain with the Houston Chronicle reported that, you know, the Texans are going to want some defense, young defensive pieces potentially. Mm-hmm. And when you think about what the Panthers are building, like Jeremy Chen, Brian Burns, I mean, we could go on, but like, those are the guys, I mean, those two specifically, I guess, you know, they might, they'd be attractive to the Texans, but then that's what the Panthers are building around on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, how are you still building a team if you're like giving away that future, um, for I know Deshaun Watson is very very appealing, but like you have to have a team around him. He's losing with the Texans for a reason. Like yeah, yeah. you can't just put him into any team and win automatically. That's an awesome point, and um and to the fact that you can't put him in and he wins automatically. The Texans were proof of that, yeah. and I think I wouldn't trade away Jeremy Chin or or Brian Burns or even Derek Brown. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's your young core. It, and they show that they can be really good. Um, so I, I, I 100% agree with that. Also, one other thing to add, John McClain, is, that guy is super plugged in. <laughs> he, be, he beats Adam Schefter on news. So for y'all paying attention to Texans, I would trust what that guy says. Our final uh, uh, segment, overreaction or underreaction. And I am going to look at our Twitter uh, mentions because I have a, a lot of Twitter mentions and they were, uh, you know, a lot about the Deshaun Watson. I think hmm. we care about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the first thing is, uh, and, and we've kind of answered it first overreaction is uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be in the Panthers jersey um, week one of the 2021 season. Um, while, while I say, and I'll say, I don't know whether to say overreaction or underreaction, but I'll just give my explanation. While I think the Panthers will um, 
you know, try to get Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. I think it's unlikely that they can get him. Uh, that's my take. So what do you think? Yeah, I think it's an overreaction. Like, I'm not afraid to say that. I think, you know, if it ends up that somehow they get Deshaun Watson, they're going to have to give up so much for it. And, you know, there's a chance they will. But I think um, there's so many steps before we get to that. And there's so many teams. Like, how many how many teams have you seen Deshaun Watson in a jersey of, like, over the past couple weeks? <laughs> Half the league. All 32? Like, is that possible? <laughs> yeah. Everybody except Patrick Mahomes and right, like maybe twenty, maybe yeah. twenty jerseys I've seen him in. So like every fan base who has somewhat of a dicey future at quarterback or like just doesn't like their quarterback um, wants him. So I just think taking a deep breath and kind of thinking about. I think it's important to think about the draft and you know who you, who you can see the Panthers with there because the Deshaun Watson thing it could happen. But, like, there's so many steps that need to happen, and it's going to require – I think those young defensive pieces would be involved. So a lot of steps before we get to him in that uniform. Yeah, sure. Um, overreaction or underreaction, uh, the Panthers are going to – could trade up in the draft and possibly get Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. I mean, I don't think it's a – I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, right? Like, if you're looking for the guy, that kind of investment in the guy makes sense to me. Like, if you have to give up something next year or later picks or something, like, I think it's worth it to me. I mean, you you know, you have to measure pros and cons. Like, if you think the guy's there and he's not going to be there at eight, I don't think that's an I don't think that's an overreaction at all. I would totally support. I think that's a good idea for the Panthers to – I mean, we know they're going to consider all every and all option, like you say, but yeah. I think, to me that would make a ton of sense and I think would be less of a, like, depletion of your roster and drafts to come than trading for someone like Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea to trade up or back, you know, mm-hmm. trade up to get one of those guys or trade back if you really think Mac Jones is your guy and maybe get another piece to fill in all the holes uh, that you have as a team. So I think the Panthers are in a good shape with number eight pick um, if they want to draft a quarterback, um, you know, just because they could trade up or trade down. Um, One thing with that, too, like you wrote about how before Matthew Stafford actually got traded, how the Lions deciding to trade him would impact the Panthers draft spot. And now that seven is kind of like the Lions aren't, probably seem they seem less likely at least we could say to take yeah. quarterback at seven like what if you even just move up to seven like yeah. that's even on the table so I think you know considering those possibilities it doesn't have to be necessarily to three like I think it could be like even just moving a little up from eight which would require less yeah exactly I agree well that's our our show today uh, thanks for listening as always um it Please rate us five stars on <laughs> iTunes. Subscribe on all your podcast, um, you know, platforms, and check back with us next week. So that's our show. If you like this podcast and want to see more projects like this, please subscribe to the Charlotte Observer Sportscast. We get unlimited digital access to our sports section with our current deal for ninety nine cents for each of the first three months of your subscription. That includes coverage of the Panthers, the Hornets, NASCAR, UNC Charlotte, high school sports, UNC Chapel Hill, Duke, NC State, and more. 
You can find the sports pass at charlotteobserver.com slash sports pass.